Remember the passion you felt doing that particular thing you always loved to do when you were a kid? Whether it was to laugh or to love or to explore, to play or create. Those passions weren't just you being a kid. They were gifts of clarity. They're the desires of your heart authentically expressed. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast, where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love. 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey guys, welcome to the Love Freak Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy to bring to you again um, my sweet friend, Miss Alex Masters. She's a super talented singer, songwriter, and a big believer in respectful parenting. Alex joined us uh, last week and gave us such great insight on how she found a deeper connection with herself through her relationships with her kiddos, uh, through respectful parenting. And as I'm sure you could tell, she has such a big, beautiful heart and her compassion and her knowledge has not only made her such an incredible mom, but also has taught her her the importance of reparenting herself in order to heal things from her past that were lingering around and causing limitations in her own life. So that's pretty neat. Guys, I am not a mother. (laughs) I can barely keep a plant alive. So believe me when I tell you that I am not trying to tell you how to raise your kids or telling you how I think you should raise your kids. Um, Not at all trying to do that. Um, I consider myself a parent of my inner child. And so what I would like to encourage here are a couple of different things. Um, Number one, if you are a parent, I really want to encourage you to become aware of the foundations that you are laying in your kid's life. Um, which I'm sure you already do. I think every parent is probably terrified of what they're teaching their kids. Nobody wants to screw anybody up, right? But how much deeper can you go in that self-awareness of why you're raising your kids the way that you are? And what could that potentially look like for them growing up uh, in their adulthood, okay? And then number two, if you're not a parent, and, and really this concept applies to if you are a parent too. But if you're not a parent, I really want to challenge you to listen to this podcast as if you are a parent, as if your inner child is just as alive as any other child and that is someone that you are parenting. Um, And how can you start talking to that child when they start acting up? You know, that that happens when, when we don't, feel seen or heard or understood and just like any child you know we can throw a temper tantrum like do you shut that child down do you shut her up and say hey stop acting like that or do you approach it with compassion and give it an opportunity to learn and build a new foundation to understand and 
regulate that emotion and and where it comes from. This is how we reparent ourselves. And just because we reparent ourselves doesn't mean that we had bad parents. Like I want to make that really, really clear. In fact, if you are a parent with an older child, I encourage you so much to talk to your children about these types of things because I'm sure that there are things that both of you guys can probably heal together. You know, maybe things happened um, when you were raising your kid that you didn't know better and, and that potentially affected your child. Or, you know, maybe the older you get, you see things that you gathered from your parents growing up that you passed down to your kids that you're ready to heal and make sense of. Um, you know, this experience that we are living in is our playground. And healing is our opportunity to let our inner child out to play. And it's time for us to heal the things in us that keep that little one from being trapped in from expressing and from creating and from living authentically. You see how kids just unapologetically live, you know, authentically. You know, the relationship you have with your inner child, it is a partnership. It's the egg before the chicken. It's the horse before the cart. And once you you let him or her free, you are free. If you read scripture, if you're familiar with it, um, you you often hear faith like a child. And I really believe that that is an uninhibited ability to express, to create, to trust, and to love. We're all capable of that. So let's get back to that nature. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> so that's why I'm so excited to dive a little deeper with Alex today. Um, We're going to share stories and give examples of ways that we can begin the healing process and get to creating. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm so, so happy that you're here. Ah, Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. You are like, just like a little guru. Like you just have so much knowledge. I just, I just love hearing from you and all you have to share. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So knowledgeable of her. <laughs> uh, so last time that um, Alex and I talked, there were so many things that uh, we ended up getting off the, the phone and, and talking more about. And so I kind of wanted to, to share some of those things with you. But before we do that, if you're joining us for the first time, Alex, can you tell us, like, just give us a basic understanding of what respectful parenting is? Yes, respectful parenting has many facets to it. So it's kind of hard to put it in a nutshell. But if I had to at this point, I would say it's all about seeing our children as whole, complete human beings from the moment they're born and treating them like that. And we become as their parents, their confident, calm leaders so it's not an authoritarian relationship, but it is a partnership and uh, an equal relationship between the two mm, of us. Yes. I love that so much. You know, I think whether it's your your child or your inner child, seeing it as a partnership is so important. 
And I love what you said first, seeing your children as complete individuals. Um, I know that you're a Christian and, yeah. and you're familiar with Jesus. And I've been reading a lot of spiritual books lately in general, and they all mention Jesus and how he was able to see everyone as divine. And how that's such a major part of what the Christ consciousness is all about. Yeah. You know, there's these splintered parts of us, but on the non-physical spiritual level, we are all whole. You know, we are all divine. And seeing everyone like that should really be our mission. It's just, it gets really tough sometimes (laughs) when, you know, we're so tethered to this physical realm. But I love how respectful parenting acknowledges that. It's such a spiritual practice. Yes, it is. And that's kind of, I guess, my current realization or mission. I don't know what you want to call it. But is that when I stumbled upon respectful parenting, because I have a relationship with God, our father, I thought to myself, whoa, being a respectful parent is the closest thing that I have found on this earth to how my relationship with God is. Sure. And so kind of just bridging that gap, I guess, or, or just tying them together. Um, and it, it just blows my mind. It's yeah, so fascinating. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, whether it's seeing your kids or everyone or even yourself, you know, your, your inner child that way in that natural state. And that's kind of what we talked about when we got off the phone the other day. Um, we came to this world with these authentic passions and, you know, they're already in place. It's like they were almost gifted to us to direct us and lead us in our mission on this earth, you know, and these things sometimes get, I guess, skewed or like kind of diminished based on our experience, our belief systems that we kind of gather along the way as we get older. But when we come to this planet, you know, we, we kind of have these things. Yes. I truly believe that that the moment we're born on this earth with the spirit inside of us that God has created and given us, that we are already exactly who he created us to be. So we don't need to grow up and become someone. We already are that person from the moment we're born. And it's really crazy because once I, a a lot of people can see a baby almost as like a blob, a brainless, like they don't know anything. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't eat. They can't feed themselves. Um, But from what I've experienced and what I've read and what I've learned is that they are fully conscious human beings. And one of the visuals that always helps me is I picture myself laying next to my kids on a bed or on the floor or anywhere, or we could be standing up, but basically I picture my spirit and the size of it. Say it's a little bit bigger than my body. Like if you could see spirits Mm. in the physical realm and then their spirits are the same size as mine. They're not the size of their bodies. And to me and my brain that just, reminds me that even though I'm older and I've experienced more life, I am no more important or bigger than or more valuable than they are. And their spirits are just as whole and complete as mine is. And they're equal. So that's that something that is helps. so 
beautiful. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm going to be practicing that. Like I, I'm, I'm not a mother, um, you know, but I, I definitely parent my inner child and yeah. I know that I can apply <laughs> that, you know, to my relationship with her. But, you know, like, honestly, I want to apply that to all my relationships, like with my parents and my nieces, my nephews, my boyfriend, you know, right. we have those relationships sometimes that were like, like, how can that person think that way? Or why are they making, you know, these decisions or whatever, you know, like making people feel smaller or diminishing them in a way. And I mean, I know that I do that to myself as well, too. So and, and back to kind of what you were saying, like you come into, you know, with everything that you are. And I look back at my life and like, obviously, I don't remember when I was like a baby, baby, but like, you know, being four or five years old, six years old. And as I grew up into, you know, those little ad adolescent years, I remember always having the need to create and share mm -hmm. always yeah. whether I knew it or not I always wanted to put on a play or I always wanted to make a dance or I always wanted to write a song or make a whole theatrical production and be really anal about everything and then have my brothers be in it too and then we perform it for my parents and their friends you know like that was always inside of me and yeah. I look at myself now and I'm sitting here, you know, in this little apartment with my keyboard and my, my light and my studio equipment because I'm, I'm, I want to do the exact same thing that hasn't changed in me at all. Yes. I love that so much. What, what were those things in you? It, we're really similar in that way. <laughs> I was always writing songs, singing, dancing, performing things. And it, it, it truly is creating something and then wanting to share it. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously God is a creator. Yeah. <laughs> and so. And we're I, made in that image. Yes. And so he definitely gives that desire to a lot of us, if not all of us, I don't know. Um, but that was definitely a big part of me growing up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think I think we are made in, in the image and we are all creators, whether we're creating actual songs or plays or whatever. We're creating with our life. We're creating, you know, experience. We're creating our realities. We're constantly creating everything. So it's that's a really cool way to kind of, picture it too you know but some people might have different passions whether that's like I, I think of you know my boyfriend Mike and he wanted to know how everything worked he was kind of an adventurer and explorer he wasn't really creating songs but he wanted to know how everything worked and then he kind of grew up and started working on airplanes and and became a pilot and that really like led the course of his life you know that. Um, and uh, it's so interesting. Like, do you see that with your kids now? I do. I see how they're different. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they definitely, it, what's, what blows my mind is when I treat them like whole complete beings from the moment they're born, 
I feel like because of that, they're able to blossom even that much more and find the confidence in those things that Mm. they're attracted to. Camper, he is a very helpful person. He just loves to help. And I think a lot of kids are that way. He feels needed and appreciated when he's doing something that he sees as important, which is very sweet. He has a very servant heart. Yeah. And he's also an adventure. I mean, he's wild. He's very physically agile. He Mm. does crazy things compared to other kids his age. Wow. um, Physically. And I just, you know, as long as I didn't feel like there was a really bad possible outcome, I just let him challenge himself and grow in that because I could see right away, this is something he's drawn to. He loves to physically challenge himself and push the boundaries. And so as a mom, sometimes it's hard in those moments to think, oh, maybe I should stop him. But I've tried to be really cautious and careful before I jump in and let him dive into those things. And it's been amazing to watch how he has developed in that way because of that. And our one-year-old, Portland, she is honestly something that blows me away about her is her confidence. And I think it's because it's something that I feel like I lack Mm. a lot of the time. And she, I love it about her. And I pray constantly that I don't ever do anything to hinder that in her Mm. and support it and make sure that she feels confident in speaking her opinion and her voice and like she can and that it's acceptable and that it's encouraged. And so she is very, I don't know the word focused and creative and she lets you know when she needs a boundary <laughs> and it's awesome. Wow. She, what a great she, thing to have like instilled in it. you. Yeah. And for you to like, for a woman to come up that way, like what an incredible um, gift that you're giving her to like really help her flourish in those things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I love what you said about camper and how it's really important for him to help people to do something that makes him feel useful and you allow him to you made you wrote a post about this actually I saw and it was like you know a lot of parents sometimes will jump in when their kids aren't doing something right and be like oh just let me do it Mm -hmm. and you let him do it himself and that shows that you have you he is important enough to you Mm-hmm. that you are letting him do the things that are important to him. Right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because it, it comes back to the whole, like how we treat them as far as respecting them goes, because if you think of a friend that's trying to like open a bottle and they're having a hard time, you're not going to be like, Oh, give me it. Let me do it. You would never uh, yeah. find a friend that way. Most no. likely. No. <laughs> and so it's the, that's, we need to treat our kids with that same respect. So I let him work and work and work as long as he wants. And if he decides to ask me for help on something, then that's when I jump in and I'll help him do it just like we would for a friend. So does he ever feel 
do you watch him get frustrated with those things? Do you sometimes, but I mean, he's, he definitely does get frustrated sometimes and, you know, he might throw whatever it is that he couldn't figure out. And I'll say, Oh, I see that. seems like you got really frustrated with that. I'm so sorry. Can I help you with it? Is it something I can help with? So that's when you step in. Yeah. And then he might be like, yes or no, but I'd say the majority of the time, if he is trying to do something and I'm there, he will ask, he'll say, okay, can you help me with this? Well, and that's so great too. Like that lesson alone, because how often, I don't know if you're like this. I know I am like, I don't ask for help. Yeah. Cause I, I feel exactly. bad. I feel yeah. like I'm bothering somebody or like I'm a burden, you know, just because probably somewhere along the line someone got frustrated at me for not being able to do something or you know what I mean I'm sure I don't really remember that but I'm sure that that that's some learned behavior within me of why that makes me feel that way so you're also teaching them to ask for help if you need it yes and that's as simple as that is that's like that's a huge lesson do you ever feel like when you're not helping him obviously you're aware that he's struggling right with something Mm -hmm. do you ever feel like he feels like you're not giving him the attention are you always kind of right there um I'm usually there and sometimes if he's been struggling with it a lot of times I'll say hey I see you're working on that let me know if you need help Got so it. If I can okay. tell he's been working on it for a while and I just remind him that you can ask me for help if you need help and I'll, I'll be there to meet you like kindly and patiently. Like I'm not going to be like, oh gosh, I have to help you with this. I have a million other things to do. You know, this is frustrating. You should be able to do this yourself. I, I try to never come off that way when I help him. I want him to feel like it's with kindness and patience that I'm coming to him. Yeah. And and how beautiful that you offer him that patience, you know, and how amazing it could be if we could offer our inner child that patience. Like, you know, we have like an unhealed aspect that kind of pops up and we don't offer it the patience that we should being able to, to be there and, and meet it with kindness and patience. You're, you are probably one of the most patient people I think I've ever met. No, I'm not even kidding. Like I've watched you over the years, like and how you can really just hold yourself together, even when it's hard. And you're like, okay, you're able to get a grip on yourself. Yeah, I can't always say that about Most me. Of the time, <laughs> I'm not. I'm far from perfect, so I definitely have my moments. But I'm sure parenting is a great like. Uh, a hologram for you to kind of see your patience level and be able to work on it. It's like a challenge yeah. in a way. I always say patience is a muscle. Yeah. Just like oh yeah. Else. I like that. So the more oh. you need, the more you exercise it, the better you get at it. <laughs> yeah. So kind of back to what we were talking about, you are really good at letting these, these passions that I'm sure you're going to see develop in your kids all these years, you know, I'm sure with Camper, since he's older, you've seen more and more things kind of come up in him. They're like, oh, this is important to him. This is something he loves. I'm sure you're going to see that, you know, exponentially with with um, 
Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I almost called her a di- very different name. And I don't know <laughs> why I did that. <laughs> uh, I did that at your house one time too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why. But um, I'm sure that's just going to grow and grow and grow. But somewhere along the way, you know, I've noticed in my life where there's a lot of distractions in the world. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things you go to school. For instance, when I was a kid, I was horribly cross-eyed and had frizzy hair and had asthma and got made fun of a lot and, you know, was really bad at math. And so I was told that I was stupid. I remember my my second grade teacher actually said that to me in front of the whole class when I was actually off in La La Land, you know, actually playing pretend with a friend in, in, in the middle of class. And she called on me because she knew I wasn't paying attention and mm-hmm. I didn't know the answer. And she asked me if I was stupid. Wow. Second grade. And, you know, I, I, I never forgot that. And I always ask myself, well, am I, am I, am I stupid? You know, maybe, maybe I'm stupid for liking being a theater nerd because I was called that. I was called a music nerd. So maybe I am stupid. Maybe I, I'm a nerd. So those passions in me that were, I, that made me feel incredibly fulfilled and inspired, slowly started to get kind of buried in some of these other beliefs, you know, even, you know, you know, my thinking I needed to get a real job or needing to do something different with my life that was going to make me money or do you know what I mean? Instead of following my dreams, I'm glad I listened and I still moved to Nashville. I still follow my dreams, but do you see that in your own life, how things have kind of gotten squashed for you? Definitely. There, I mean, just like you growing up, there was always, I can remember one time in high school, I was asked to sing the national anthem, which I did so many times growing up. You probably did too. As singers, that's like the thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I was singing the national anthem And I can't remember details, but somebody was, somebody timed me singing it. And basically they were making fun of me saying that I sang it so slow. And so weird. I know. So funny, but I took that so personally and so hard and I was really hurt by it. So from then on, I made sure when I sing the national anthem that I was like on top of it. Right, right. I'm going to just, we're going to make this thing up tempo. Sure. It was an up tempo (laughs) song. I love it. Oh, see, can you see? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's crazy. And then I was always told, you know, you have such a sweet, soft voice. You, you sound like Alison Krauss and which I love her and I love those things, but it's kind of funny hearing those things over and over make, made me put myself in a box and ah. just say, okay, like, this is what I can do. I guess no one likes when I sing harder. I guess I shouldn't belt. I guess this is where my voice sounds the best. And so it made me box myself in, which is never a good thing for anyone. No, gosh, I can relate to that so much. Yeah. So definitely lots of little things in the same as you. Well, like what's going to be your real job? What's, <laughs> what's your backup plan is always sure. a huge question. And I just always 
you know, stuck with it. But there are times in my life where I have listened to someone else's voice who I respected, who I considered more wise than myself over my own gut. And those are still moments that I look back on and regret in the sense of, I can't believe that I let someone else's wisdom or knowledge outweigh the life that I am going to live over my own gut and what I am feeling called to. That's so huge. And, you know, it just adds to the list of things that we sometimes Mm -hmm. stack like bricks on top of our own knowing and our own intuition, you know, that God voice within us, you know, and those things sometimes they cause us to, to lose track of what our authentic passions are. Like if someone is authentically, you know, super caring, and then they're eventually told because of that, that they're super soft. You know, they form this inauthentic construct that doesn't really align with who and what they are in order to appear the way that others think they should be so that they could be accepted. It's all learned. Yes, our inner voice gets dampened and our inner passions and desires, like you're saying in dreams, it all gets dampened by the world around us. It's all learned. I mean, you can kind of see it in a lot of the divisiveness that's been happening in our country lately, like the hate that's being spread around. And, and that's all learned. It's, it's all these generations of learned behaviors that have been passed down and passed down. Like no one's born hating their brother or sister. They're taught to, you know. And when, when you get so wrapped up in the hate, anger, and, and the aggression, you lose total sight yeah. of love. You know, it's, yes. it's buried so deep down yeah. that sometimes you don't even know what love is anymore. And, yeah. and that's where you have to really try to find some yeah. kind of self-awareness and begin to kind of come back to yourself and become your own parent and heal that inner child um, of the systems and the limits that it's learned along the way. And And Mm -hmm. that's something that you've done with this whole respectful parenting thing. You have seen how things affect your kids. Mm -hmm. And that's really brought up, you know, some of the trauma and some of the stuff in you that you're like, oh, wow, I I need to heal this stuff within me. I need to reparent myself. Mm -hmm. I need to look at myself as one of my kids too and be like, you are loved. You are cherished. You are divine. Yes. Yeah. And. So how are ways that you've kind of done that? What are, what are ways that you can look and say, okay, I'm going to reparent myself. I'm going to heal myself from these things. Well, it's a really big process and loaded question, but kind of a little bit of what we touched on in the last podcast that I did with you is because I discovered the whole reparenting thing truly once I became a parent. <laughs> so it's kind of just, I'm, I'm just running with it a lot of the time, so <laughs> whatever comes up in any given moment. So if something that one of my kids does really triggers me, then I have to take a step back and say, okay, this is obviously a wound in me that I have not healed or, you know, it's a trauma or something that I walk through. Where is this coming from? I need to heal it in myself so that I don't pass on my feelings toward this thing or about this thing onto my kids. 
And so it's just kind of been as each thing comes up moment to moment kind of a thing. And journaling for me has been really helpful with that and prayer and meditation. That's and, amazing. Those are all yeah. incredibly helpful tools. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Meditation yeah. in general just allows you to kind of sit with a feeling. Yes. But that is a big one. Like you said, it's remembering that not, it truly is not only am I raising, you know, my kids, but I'm raising myself, the kid inside of me, the child inside of me, my inner child. And finding all the spots where she's hurting and where she needs healing and where she needs love and speaking to myself like I want to speak to my kids and loving mm. myself like I want to love my kids because mm. if they see me not loving myself and not speaking to myself healthily then that's how they are going to speak to themselves oh it's so true I mean, I've been so grateful to have such a beautiful mama, you guys. Like, she is seriously the most wonderful lady you will ever meet. And she's my best friend in the whole entire world. And we've always had that relationship, you know, of, of being best friends. So she would say things to me probably that you would, you know, say to a best friend, you know. And I remember she would say some things, you know, just like any other girl would say about them selves like one time or another in their life she would talk about how she felt ugly or fat or or sometimes stupid and you know I've caught myself saying those things to myself quite often in my my adulthood you know and I know that we can all be mean to ourselves but at the same time I also really believe that Mm -hmm. self-image can be such a learned behavior yeah yep it truly is and sometimes even Spencer and I will just be talking around the kids and you know here I'll say something like oh I really need to run some more I'm feeling I don't know I'm feeling a little overweight or whatever yeah whatever, yeah we'll look at each other and be like like some kind of signal like oh let's talk about this later you know because I think it's important to be real around our kids sure. but we also need to protect them and try not to put on them all the unhealthy parts of ourselves so absolutely yeah it's constantly just like trying to filter myself and I did a post a while ago on something I started saying to my kids with all the respectful parenting stuff and I say this to them I don't know probably a few times a week at night when I'm tucking them in bed or random times throughout the day and I say I love you I respect you I honor you and I trust you and I Mm. I truly mean it and I look them in the eyes and I just say this is how I feel about you and this is what I think about you and I love spending time with you and it was just incredibly powerful when I said those things to them and I was like it hit me like a ton of bricks God was like you should say those things to yourself and I was like oh like teary-eyed I know me too. It hit me so hard. And I was like, at first I was like, I literally don't know if I can even say those things to myself. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't know if I can. And even if I say them to myself, I don't believe it. Um, And that's how I felt at first. And so still like, you know, now that I've been trying to do it more often, um, I feel like I've made a lot of progress, but that's one of those things is like healing my inner child is like saying, I love you. 
I respect you, I honor you, and I trust you. And it's just like, woo, really okay, emotional. Wait. I feel like we all need to like say that again together to ourselves. So it's, yes. I, I love, love you. you. I respect, I respect you. you. I honor you. I honor you. And I trust you. And I trust you. Oh my God. That for some reason, that last one. I know. <laughs> saying that one to myself. Yeah. Gets me because I, I go throughout my whole life and I look back in a lot of my career choices and, you know, things that I have chosen for myself, like moving to California, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, that was a decision that was like, okay, if you do this, your, your life can take a whole new traje- trajectory mm-hmm. and are you okay with that? And, and at the time I, I really wasn't, I was like, no, I want to be a big star and I want to do all, you know, but it's like, okay, well, you're going to have to go and do some other things to heal yourself. And there's some things that you need to figure and, and trusting that within myself, mm-hmm. I still struggle with that. Cause I'm like, Oh, what if I, did I make a mistake? Did I, did I, you know, I'm constantly questioning, mm-hmm. not just, you know, that that's like a minor one, but like, even before that in, in, in career decisions that I've, I've made where I haven't trusted my, myself and I'm always putting my gut instinct aside, like you said, and, and trusting someone that I think knows better. Like, yeah. I don't know why it's so hard for me to just trust my knowing. You know, I know that it stems from probably trust issues that I had um, growing up and a lot of uncertainties probably from that time um, that have kind of like spilled over into my adulthood, which I'm taking a good hard look at those now. But <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I literally am the same way. That's the one that hits me the hardest every time. And I think it's because it, like what we're talking about of how we grew up, like when you're denied your reality and your truth and your gut feeling so frequently, then that you, then you start to question it and you're like, oh, well, I must not have the right feelings. My gut must be wrong. It must not be the best choice for me. And it can all start when you're a young, even baby, a kid. And I truly think that's why a lot of people don't remember themselves as babies very much or as toddlers is because they were denied their realities. So you're crying. You want this. You want that. No, you're okay. Everything's okay. Don't cry. Everything's all right. When clearly they're not. And so it's like from day one, you can be getting denied your own truth and your reality and your gut and what you're feeling inside. And then it can just, you know, build over time. So it's crazy. I don't know. I I'm sure a lot of people listening probably feel the same way that the trust thing is really hard yeah but I just I love these things you know reparenting yourselves I love saying those things Mm -hmm. I love you I respect you I honor you I trust you and I I can Mm -hmm. picture you know little Courtney saying that to her it's like I feel like I just want to cry because I feel like she needs to hear that 100% I 
feel that too. And I agree, this is little me. <laughs> oh, and you, okay, okay. And tell, tell everybody you, you're showing us a picture right now of an yeah. adorable, precious little baby. That is you. And oh my gosh. I think I'm one year old there. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Someone, I don't remember who it was, told me that to keep a picture of yourself when you were little, somewhere out, whether on a desk or a bookshelf or you're hanging on your mirror where you get ready or whatever, to look at yourself and remind yourself of that true version of yourself who you were before the world tainted you or whatever you want to call it and to talk to yourself and remind yourself like hey I'm gonna make you proud today yeah I'm gonna make I'm gonna do stuff that you would have loved me doing mm. because when it comes down to it that's all it is like that's your true self and you're you're honoring that and you're living that out. And I just don't think it can get any better than that. No, absolutely. It feels healing even talking about it in this moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of organizations that uh, can help, do, you know, help assist in reparenting if you kind of don't know where to start. Um, you know, I grew up with some addiction in my family life and things could get sometimes a little chaotic. And so when the aftershocks come up in me sometimes, I'll either go to an Al-Anon meeting or um, in particular ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics. They're really big believers in reparenting yourself and they they have workbooks online that you can, you know, find um, and, and do go through those workbooks. Um, I know, Alex, you probably have so many resources with just respectful parenting. Even if you're not a parent and you want to reparent yourself, re read one of these books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite? Um, oh, gosh. My favorite parenting book right now. There's so many. I love um, Dr. Shafali's The Awakened Family. Okay. I think that book is insane. And I recently discovered this book by L.R. Nost. It's called Jesus, the Gentle Parent. Mm. And it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, I do follow a lot of, I should actually create a little highlight on it. A lot of psychologists on Instagram who share so much like high quality, valuable information on reparenting. Yeah. Too. And that's been so helpful for me. Like just info, like outlines and sure. stuff that just hit so hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And if you guys want to know more, I know Alex, she posts so many beautiful things um, on her page. I, you have to give her a follow. It's what at Alex Masters, right? I'm at Alex underscore Masters. At Alex underscore Masters. Oh my gosh, you are so inspiring and so amazing. I really, truly appreciate you coming back on again. And I'm probably going to have you on again because you just are just so beautiful and so amazing and have so much wisdom. So thank you, Alex, so much for being on. Thank you. You are beautiful and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram at the love freak underscore 
Don't forget, that's F-R-E-Q. Or to find out more information, you can go to www.thelovefreak.me. Look for a new episode every Tuesday.